Thank you for tuning into TJFJ. Thank God I follow Jesus with your host, Leah, Mike, and Joanne, pastor of Soaring Diamonds. We want to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to deepen your walk with Christ and anchor your faith in the rock, the hope of our salvation. Last Sunday, we talked about who is God? Who is the God of the Bible? And today we're talking about idols. Who is on your altar? Work, your spouse, your kids, others' opinions of you, your opinions, all of it. We're going to address it all tonight. So let's get right into it. Wow, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Per usual. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, it's already kind of, you know, getting up there in time. And I really want to jump right into this. Um, we spoke about she like what she said, you know, we've been speaking about some deep conversations. I love deep conversations, but what I like about this opportunity to speak like this is that questions can be asked and answered, you know, live. And if we don't have the answers, like we always said, we know somebody that has all the answers, but we want to start right out by saying or by um, giving a definition of an idol. An idol is an image or representation of a God used as an object of worship. But there's also another definition, a person or a thing that's greatly admired, loved, or revered. And it's kind of mind-blowing because in my mind, I never um, consider that an idol is something um, positive. But here... It says a person or a thing that's greatly admired, loved, or revered. Um, and I have to also say that when I think of an image, I don't know about you, or an idol, I think of an image. Yes. Like a statue. Like and I a, think most people do. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Like Virgin Mary or... Um, the Baphomet. Oh, yeah. That's, I, know. I think that the sound is working. What do you think? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, you, you, maybe a, a baby Jesus, people right. in our family, a, some talk type about of it. statue or like Hinduism. Yes. Or um, witchcraft. Yeah. So different like yoga poses or well, yoga that comes from all that idol worship, which yoga technically is a form of idol worship. That's a whole nother thing. Yeah, but it's but it's idols. And we think of something that's more secular or toward a different God rather than people in, in the Christian community having an idol. Definitely. Although people in the Christian community have idols, I say that. And I also think of like, you know, now people have those little um, crystals hanging from their rear view mirror. Yeah. You know, like things like that. But I think that today um, I don't really want to really concentrate that much on that, although that is definitely a thing. And we can go ahead and read this first scripture, Deuteronomy 5, 7 to 8. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an idol as an object to worship or any likeness, form, manifestation of what is in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water under the earth. So this is the specific scripture or one of the specific scriptures that um, make note of graven images of an actual statue or the like that people actually worshiped. And it takes me to Isaiah when, you know, he said that many people worship idols. They have eyes, but they can't see mouths, but can speak in ears, but cannot hear. Right. So it's a clear um, depiction. Yes. That idols they can't do anything for us. 
Nothing at all. Sometimes we even idol idolize dead people. You know, whether it's a grandmother that died, like, you know, I've lost my grandmothers and I love them dearly, but they're no longer here and right. they can no longer hear me. That's a form of idol worship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot to cover. Will we be able to touch on everything? Probably yeah. not. And that's what, that's one thing I do like, though, and I would like to input is that every every episode that we're doing, we're probably going to scratch the surface. And even if we go deeper into that subject, it's still going to be a surface scratch because the real information comes through revelation with your time with the Lord. Amen. So even in saying that, people use teachings online and preachings as a form of of I it can be it can turn into an idol because you're not going to the Lord yourself and getting information. You're not you're not getting revelation. You're not getting understanding of who he is and just your life in him because you're you're allowing somebody else to take his place, take his place to feed you and to to con to get the food from the word of God and to feed you instead of. You go on here, you listen. Okay, they brought up idols this week. Let's go into the word of God. Let's study it. Let's look into it. Let's see if they were wrong. Let's see if they were right. Let's see how we can apply it to our lives. So this is, all of our episodes are always going to be a surface scratch rather than a, a always an in-depth teaching because you can always go deeper yourself. No matter how deep it, how deep it can become on the show, it, you can always go deeper with your time alone with the father. So that's what I would like to encourage you to do every episode. Yeah. And that's the point of talking about idols. Yes. That we have a responsibility to our heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And the responsibility is to seek him for all of the answers to the questions that we might, might have. And of course we grow from each other. Iron sharpens iron. But at the end of the day, the point is that there should be nothing that takes the place of God. Nothing. That takes the no place one. right, of our Heavenly Father. And many times, this is the reality. And this is why I thought that this was an important subject. I think that many times we don't even realize the idols that we have set up in our own lives. The idols that we set, you know, or we encourage with other people. And we have to take responsibility, yeah, you know, because we have a God that speaks to us, that reveals things to us, that convicts us, you know, therefore we have a responsibility. And this is why it's so important that we do not put anything before God. We should never love anything more than we love God. Right. And a lot of times we say, well, no, you know, I don't love that more than God, but what are you giving the most time to? the most attention, the most um, quality time. Well, wow. Because I think that can be important because you can spend, you can be working throughout the day and then you spend just a couple of minutes with the Lord or an hour maybe, but it was, you were focused, you were geared in, you were allowing him to cleanse you. You was able to communicate with him. You was able to hear him. You And, and then you're able to take it and apply it to your lives, to your life, which means you spent that time with him, allowing him to pour into you and you're pouring out as well. That's right. And it's also um, important to realize um, a lot of times we put excuses why these things that we're idolizing, we have to do this. Yeah. You know, like it's like it's like sorry to cut you off no, real quick, on. but it's like um, 
you smoke weed yeah but um you can't you don't get addicted to weed would you would you quit today oh i can okay so put it down oh but nah i'm not going to because and they have a whole bunch of reasons as to why they can't stop smoking although it's not addictive so it's like it becomes an idol although it's not so they never take it in as this is an idol in my life you see what i'm saying and christians do that all the time with this is something that i'm putting before god although it's not. Yeah. So that's a right there. That's a good point to make. And I want to capitalize off of that, that if we're making excuses for what we're claiming is not an ex, is not an idol yet. We won't put it down. That tells us it's, it's an idol. Yeah. It's like, this is a perfect example. I remember when I have my first son, I had three daughters. Then I had a son. He's not sitting here in the studio with me, but Um, I remember that my sister said, you realize that God gave him to you and he can take him away. Of course, God is not into taking away the blessings that he gives us. But she made a good point that you're taking your son and taking away from God to make him your new altar. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, the revelation, the understanding, the conviction set up right away. I could have said, oh, what you talking about? This is my son. If I don't take care of him, who's going to take right. care of him? But no, that wasn't the point. The point was that everything, everything, everything was being deposited into that child. And in order for me to be the mother that God was calling me to be to this son, I needed to spend time with my father. Yeah. He still needed to be my number one. I still needed to spend time talking to him, getting to know him, getting revelation from him. But I wasn't doing that. And I'm so glad that at that point in my life, I could acknowledge and recognize, wow, if I say anything that knocks that, it's automatically revealing that it is an idol. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's important that we realize that if we're putting excuses for those things that we're claiming are not idols, we really need to re-examine red ourselves. Red flags, red flags. Yeah, yeah. Bing, bing, bing. Um, re-examine yourself. Re-examine ourselves. And like I said from the beginning, when we do this, it's going to, you know, the rubber has meet, met the road. We're going to have to even examine, hmm, is there anything here? Because we can bend over backwards. It's just like you, you know, you might try to um, encourage somebody, listen, spend time in the word. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I listened to 13 messages today. Right. But did you go to your heavenly father? Right. That is an idol. We already know social media, for example, is an idol. I can hear somebody saying, oh, they just getting carried away. But if there are things that we cannot let go, they are idols. I said to someone recently, you know what? I understand that the Bible says that sin is getting drunk. Right. Yeah. But if you have a problem putting down that wine, because I don't have a problem, I know how to control my alcohol. If you're fighting for something that should give you a red flag, it can be an idol. It it brings me to the point that our life in Christ is not is not to fight for what we want. Mm. It's always to give up and to give away and to release it always into the hands of the Lord. So. I mean, at that, with that idea in mind, anything, absolutely anything can become an idol. Absolutely. Just like the rich young, rich young ruler. 
He's like, just, I've done everything. What do you want me to do now? He said, give, give up your possessions and then follow me. All of the other things that he accomplished, those weren't idols to him. And the Lord was able either to use him in that, or he found it in himself to let, to, to allow God to work in him through those things. But this one thing he will not let go. Mm-hmm. And it brings me to, to the scripture when he talks about Matthew 6, 16, 24, I think, for those who come after me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Mm. Living for Christ is never a matter of fighting for yourself. It's always a matter of serving the Lord and living the life he has called you to live. Because the Bible teaches us that he, he orders the steps of the righteous person. He orders. So he clothed you in righteousness. So every step from here on out is in obedience to him. So the thing about an idol is you can think of it as in um, a statue that you're bowing down to and worshiping, that you're laying, that you're laying, that you're praying to and laying your heart down to. Or you can think of it also as something that you're allowing to impede on your life with Christ. The Lord told you to, a great example, the Lord told you to wake up at five o'clock and pray. Now you have a hundred excuses as to why you can't. So what are you idolizing? You may be idolizing your sleep. I need to sleep because blah, 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 blah. We all need sleep. Absolutely. We need sleep. But if the Lord told you to get up and sacrifice that moment, to give him that moment, then you, you do it out of obedience. So anything that is causing you to not obey the Lord is turning into an idol because it's taking, it's taking your heart and is not allowing you to take the steps that as, as a righteous person that the Lord is telling you to take. And, and these are, this is a really good conversation because I think a lot of times, like you're saying, there's things that we cannot see them as being idols. Yeah. And something that I know that we had talked about is like sometimes we idolize our race or our ethnicity. Yeah. And the reality of it is, is that the word of God is clear that we're made in the image and the likeness of God. Yeah. Just as Genesis 1, 26, 27 says that when we're made in the image of likeness of God, what is that referring to? Our it's our spirit, man. Yeah. It's not the man that we see in the mirror. Additionally, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that when we come to Christ, we are new creatures. Therefore, whatever we identified with before, we no longer identify. No, with it's now. what does the word of God tell us? Right. For example, he made us male and female, period. He made us in his image. What is that spiritual period? Um, a lot of times we find that, you know, like as Puerto Ricans, oh, I'm Puerto Rican. Like I'm so proud to be Puerto Rican. I lay that down for who I am as a child of God. Because my new creation, the the person that he made me new is in the image and in the likeness of him. All that other stuff is a distant second. And it shows a lot of times the things that we talk, the things that we fight about, the things that we're divided about show where our hearts are. Yeah. Because, you know, you find a lot of times people fighting about things that God didn't even call us to fight for. And we're more committed to fighting about things that are not eternal 
than we are to fight for what his word says. Right. You know, like like you have said before about opinions. And I think that's something that we definitely need to get to. But as we're continuing, I would like to read this um, scripture, 1 Corinthians 10, 14. And a disclaimer, sometimes I'm going to read both the Amplified and the NLT. Sometimes I'm only going to read one because... The Amplified Version gives you a description or um, additional information to its original content or definition based on the language. So I think it's important. It says, therefore, my beloved, run, keep far or far away from any sort of idolatry. And that includes loving anything more than God or participating in anything that leads to sin and enslaves the the, the soul, enslaves the soul. And in the NLT, it says, so my friends, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. So that's why we have to make it our business to study a little bit deeper. And now it's so convenient. You don't need to sit in front of you 10 Bibles. You can go to an app and you ha- and compare and you see all the verses. If you are, you know, trying to learn about something specific, like what we're talking about, idols or idolatry, bring up all those scriptures and read all those scriptures so that the spirit of God can begin to reveal to you what he's saying. Because if we just read a scripture that says, flee from the worship of idols, it's easy for me to say, oh, I don't have no statues in my house. Right. But when we go a little bit deeper, it tells us, and and this scripture really um, makes me think because it says, Keep far, and then it says, far away from any sort of idolatry. It's not just, you know, don't idolize. Right. Don't have an idol. It's loving anything more than God. Anything, anything. What is it that we love more than God? What is it that we have on our altars? Like, think about it. What is it that's competing in your heart Mm. with the Father in heaven? Because he's like, when you think of it like a marriage, my spouse should not be competing. No other woman should be competing with my spouse in my heart. That's right. That's the problem with like pornography and lusting after one. Like there's there's a competition now that that arises that your heart is divided between the love of God, the love of money. The, the Lord is like, nothing should compete. Nothing should compete. With your worship toward me, nothing in this world, not your children, not your mother, not your father, not your family, not your race, not your culture, not the hip hop culture, not the country culture, not the American culture, not politics, not politics, nothing should compete, not your sexuality, what you prefer, what your opinion is, what your thoughts are, what your ideas are, nothing should compete with who God is, who he called us to be, and what he's already established in his word. That's why our duty, our job is to go to his word, to search out what he's already written on our hearts, that he may reveal it to us, that we may offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, not put something in place and say, I'm not worshiping it because I need this or I need that. No, our job 
our duty, our focus is to give the Lord our life and allow him to move and maneuver as he pleases within our hearts and give him the space to do it. Because what did he say? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. What does he say to the women and and the and to the man in the relationship um, and the spouses? Your body doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to her. And your body doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to him. Well, what does he say to us as the bride? He says, your bodies don't belong to you anymore. Hmm. It belongs to me. Your thoughts are not like my thoughts. So you have to get in my word and transform your thoughts. So anything that is in competition in your heart with what God is telling you has become an idol. And that's what we want to flee from. And, and it's really important that we come to the realization that if we commit to the word of God, all those things will begin to lift from us. Yes. And it brings me to the scripture. Because he's faithful. Yes. At the end of our list, it says, this is Proverbs 18.2. Proverbs 18.2 says, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. And that was the NLT version, but I'm going to give you the amplified version. A closed-minded fool does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his personal opinions, unwittingly displaying his self-indulgence and his stupidity. So in essence, what it's saying is when we are um, gun-ho about I'm going to tell you what I think, what it's saying is that we're idolizing our own opinion. In a sense, we're idolizing ourselves. What yeah. I think supersedes what God says. Yeah. And that's why it's so important that we always go to the word of God. And one thing I've also, I've always told you guys, my kids, listen, when you speak the word of God, a person won't be fighting you. They're fighting God himself. So don't sit there and talk to somebody about what it is that you think, because what we think is an opinion. It's foolish. And we have to realize that trying to stick and hold on to our opinions, it's a form of idolatry. Yeah. It's a form of, you know, usurping our own personal imperfection above God's. Cast every thought down. Every thought. And the thing is, who would ever think my own thoughts or my own opinions could be idolatry? I don't think anybody will really, really consider that unless they are in the word and they're committed to hearkening to what the word of God says right. and living that out. And a lot of times what happens, a lot of times, even in the body, there's a lot of uh, misunderstandings. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of arguments. Why? Because both parties are not submitting to the word of God. You, you find a lot of times like, you know, I find myself like in places sometimes and I have to be quiet because even sharing what the word of God says, if it does not agree with their opinion, there's going to be some type of division. And it's like we were talking about, like, what's my race? What are you? What am I? You know how many arguments and so much division over that? Like, no, like, I don't, I'm not interested in A, B, or C. Let me tell you what my interest is. What the creator of the heavens and the earth, my creator, what does he say about this subject? Right. 
And he says that if we're brothers and sisters, we're new creations, we're new creatures that does, you don't identify with that anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? And if you can't let that go, what does that say? You need to examine yourself. I need to examine myself. We should always be examining ourselves to figure out what is of God and what is not, not of God. So it's really important that as we're growing as, and as we're maturing in the things of the Lord, and let me tell you, it's, it's not easy. All right. When we have to examine ourselves for the idols, that's hard. Yeah, because it's important to us. That, that's, that's really hard. Um, from here, we can probably move on to um, 1 John 5.21. Do you have that open? No. But I can open it. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and start with the Amplified then. Say that again. Oh, I apologize, guys. My throat feels a little bit funny. I walk in divine health and I'm just drinking that warm water. But 1 John 5.21 in the Amplified says, Little children... Believers, dear ones, I love the way that says that. And I love that we're reading this in an amplified because you're going to get that person that says, oh, that verse is for little kids. We are all God's children, little children, believers, dear ones, guard yourself from idols, false teaching, moral compromises, and anything that will take God's place in your heart. Is that a powerful scripture or what? Yeah, what, 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 one thought that I'm having. Moral compromises. Mm. So a lot of times, so a lot of times we can say, we can convince ourselves that God is pleased with A, B, or C. And then what we do is we fool ourselves and then we, we create an image of God within our own hearts. Mm that block us from ever experiencing and seeing and living in relationship with the true and living God. What do you mean by we create an image of God in our own hearts? The, a God that accepts things or does things that does not actually accept or do those actual things. For, for instance, um, let's say, let's say people who are afraid of doing something and they feel like they're alone. And you're always feeling like you're alone. And I understand that we need a companion on earth because God has called us to be with each other. But the Bible teaches that he will never leave us nor forsake us. When we're in the, the dry desert, he's there. When we're in the mountaintop, he's there as well. But then because of how we feel or something we heard or something we've experienced, we feel like God's not there with us. That is creating a false idea of who God is in our minds because the Bible teaches us that he's there. So that thought becomes a, a blockade to what God actually, how God actually wants to move in our lives. He cannot freely move of where we're keeping him at bay with our own thoughts. That's why the Bible teaches to cast those thoughts down. So that becomes a compromise to God's word. So when, so we take that basic principle and apply it to other parts of our lives. What are we allowing to impede in our hearts that God has not said? And then we're applying it and saying, okay, I'm okay with this because God accepts this because he accepts me or he's, or because this is how I feel or because this is what I experienced. 
or or for instance, you pray for someone, you don't see the healing manifest it right away. Or later on, you don't see the healing come about. And it's like, oh, okay, God doesn't heal no more because I can't do it or it's not happening when I pray for people. So now you stop praying for people. No, you create you compromise the word of God. And because you didn't see the result or a result that you think should have happened, now you create a false image of who God is saying God is not really into healing these days. Mm. That's that's not true. Now you're serving and worshiping a different Jesus, a different gospel, a different word. That is not the truth that you have heard. And so what happens is we sometimes our experience or our feelings can compromise the word that we have heard. And, and in exchange, what, what it will do is cause us to be comfortable. It will fool, we'll fool ourselves. And then we'll begin to worship a false God thinking we're serving the true and living God. So we, we um, make idols in our mind when we begin to believe things that are not in agreement with the word of God, but we convince ourselves compromise. Yes. We compromise what the word of God says because of our feelings. And that's really, really, really big to be able to notice because that happens all the time. This is the reason why a lot of people are having challenges with their identity because they have developed new images of who God is based on their feelings. When the word of God is clear, we do not live according to our feelings. We live according to faith through the word of God. In other words, we have to see what the word of God says and decide and commit to living according to what that says. Even if we haven't seen the manifestation, because if not, we're developing an idol. And, and that, that one second, a lot of times this can be, this can be like when you fight against something, this can be torn down with going to the word of God. For instance, a lot of people, you will see somebody in the church years for years. They'll give a false representation of who God is. And because you never searched out the scripture, for yourself. you think God is like that. Or because something bad has happened to you. Um, a lot of people ask, if God is all powerful, all knowing and all good, how can bad things happen? So because bad things do happen, then therefore God does not exist. You're setting up a false image of who God is in your mind. Saying, because because this has happened, that can't be. That's not true. And that's we, an idol. And, and, and it, it's an idol, and it keeps our heart from God. That happens a lot of times with believers who have been hurt with the church, or people who just say, God can't exist because A, B, or C. When, in essence, if you open up the Word of God, and you come to know the God of the Scriptures— you will see who he actually is rather than saying my experience that God, my experience says God is this. What you have done proves that God is this. When in actuality of God does not say that about himself, you have, you're not allowed, you, you have no reason right. or no right to put that on him. And therefore you keep yourself from ever being able to serve the true and living God. That's a hundred percent true. And that takes me back to first Corinthians 10, 14, which we already read that it says, um, participating in anything that leads to sin and enslaves the, the soul. So the minute that we start developing 
new perceptions of who the God of the Bible is. Outside of what he has said. Right. Um, it enslaves us. And that very um, action of us becoming enslaved is what makes the idol. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it's important that we um, guard our hearts. You see right there, it says in 521, guard yourself from idols. Um, that word guard is to protect yourself and to take care not to take action or violate yourself. Mm. Because guess what? God is not going to change just because you allowed a perception of God to enter you or violate you. And lift up, you now lift up an idol that has nothing to do with God. And how demonic is that? Very. Like, if I can just get you to believe something, that's why children are like so important. Like your own children. Like a lot of people, they they can make fun of us because of how the way we raise our children. Oh, they eventually will be exposed, exposed to this and this and this. But I, my job is to guard, guard their heart. And spiritually, financially, physically, in every aspect. So I'm supposed to guard their heart to teach them the truth and not just be, um, take for granted the seeds that other people can be placing into them, whether it's knowingly or unknowingly. Excellent. Like I cannot leave it to somebody else to say, oh, but does God really exist or to to mess with their ideas of who they think God is before they're ready, already standing on the rock as their firm foundation. Like I like of, of a little seed, man, just think of a mustard seed. The Lord says, if you have a mustard seed, the, the faith, the size of a mustard seed and how bit, how tiny of a doubt can come into our hearts and begin to completely shake our foundation. That's right. Like um, so many people, especially in America, are raised in the church. They hear the word of God. They hear the truth about Jesus. They go somewhere and somebody says, if God is real, then why this? One sentence, one sentence, because they're, they're, because their faith is shaky, it can destroy their entire foundation. That's right. That's right. So how, like, how demonic is it for somebody to come and create, give an idea of a false image of who Jesus is that will completely destroy your walk with him forever mm, 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 mm. because we didn't go to the word of God. And it's funny that you use um, children as an example because it's our job to instruct our children in the way that they should go, right? Um, it's our job to guard them, yes, to guard their hearts. Right. And it's the same warning that he gives us as his children. God, it says, little children, believers and dear ones, guard yourself from idols the same way that we are to protect our children. Like we got to make sure that their foundation is solid in Christ. What happens to kids nowadays? The statistics, I can't think of them right now, but. How many kids are serving the Lord now in comparison to then is so much smaller. And as years go by, those numbers go smaller and smaller. And younger and younger kids are serving the Lord less and less. And what happens with most or a lot of young adults, teenagers going into college? Because we allowed... Yep others to deposit seeds in our children they leave to college and that is the end to their relationship with christ right and that's why 
Listen, we're his little children. He's telling us to guard our own selves from idols. How much more or how much more clearer can he make it for us to guard our children? If we understand it with our children, then we will be able to understand his word toward us. Yeah. You know, there's so many examples. It says, um, guard yourself from false teachings. Like you were saying, you make up in your mind, whatever you make up in your mind, that's not even so. Um, and then it says moral compromises. Like nowadays, I, I, I'm going to say it okay. just like in churches. There's this concept that if you don't accept somebody's sin, then you don't love them either. That's that's a lie. Oh, Christians. Oh, they, they're so they're not compassionate. No, let me be clear. Jesus did die for the world to take away their sin, to restore their relationship to the father, not to include their sin. And that's the point. And this is the point of the conversation is being able to effectively um, pinpoint your idols and whatever's on your altar in your life. The only thing that should be on your altar is yourself. You give yourself anything else above that is not biblical, is incorrect, and is is displeasing and distasteful to the to the King of Kings. Can you um elaborate on you give yourself? You are the only one on the altar. You obey Christ. This is just just let's picture it real quick. Christ is the leader, right? Right. He is the master. He is the teacher. We are his students. We do what our stu- We do what our teacher does. Christ gave his body, Christ gave himself to the work of the father. His whole ministry was, I'm doing what the father is telling me to do. And I'm saying what he is telling me to say. My job is to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Right. That was, and then he made it clear. My bread is a bread that you guys don't even know about. My satisfaction comes from doing the will of my father. So giving ourselves as a living sacrifice follows this exact form that I have a desire, but I'm going to put it down at the altar, at the altar being so I can be able to do what God has called, has called me to do. And, and it sounds scary because at the end of the day, you don't know what that looks like until God begins to move you. Or reveal to you what you're supposed to be doing or what he wants you to do day to day, month to month, year to year. You, you don't know. But the point is, you're supposed to lay your life down. Die. You're supposed die to die. Yourself. Be on the altar and allow God to do as he pleases with your entire life. If he says don't eat for 40 days, you don't eat. If he says drop out of school, you drop out of school. If he says go to school, you go to school. If he says be a preacher, be a preacher. If he says stand at the corner and preach the word of God and don't worry about where your food is going to come from tomorrow, that's what you do. But the point is we lay ourselves at the altar. For God to do what he pleases. The Lord Jesus said, into your hands, I commend my spirit. It pleased Jesus for the Lord to do whatever he wanted with his spirit. That's right. And it's supposed to please us in as the way of our master. It's supposed to please us to lay everything down and say, Lord, my life in your hands 
do what you want. But we form idols by through sin, through ideas, through, like you said, opinions. We form idols through all of these things that keep us from revealing the kingdom of heaven Mm. on earth as it is in heaven. We're not able to reveal the kingdom of heaven because we're so focused on what we want and what we desire. He didn't say my will on earth as it is in heaven (coughs) as you desire. (laughs) That's not what he said. So Jesus laid down his life. Our job is to lay down our life and never look back. Not to become a pillar of salt, but to be the salt to the earth. Excellent. So what does it look like to have an idol? It means that something is blocking you from walking out the life that God has called you to. Absolutely. Because as the word of God says, what happens is when we allow other things um, to get in the way, it enslaves our souls. You are enslaved. You are literally enslaved to the thing that you cannot let go. Yeah. So, so Jesus comes to set us free. And then, and, and when we raise idols, we becomes, we become slaves anew to these new idols to something else. Yes. So it's really important. And this is a perfect segue for this next scripture, Colossians three, five, and I'm going to read it in the amplified. It says, so put to death and deprive of power, the evil longings of your earthly body with its sensual self-centered instincts, immorality, impurity, simple, sinful passion, evil desire, and greed, which is a kind of idolatry because it replaces your devotion to God. Idolatry because it replaces your devotion to God. And let me read it in the NLT because I want to give you a mouthful because I know you're going to have a field day with this. And this is in the NLT, and again, it's Colossians 3, 5. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Wow. Lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. I could go in so many different ways right here because listen, we can disagree as much as we want, but the the word word of God God. is clear. (laughs) We have to put those things that deprive us of the power of the King of Kings. Why do we have such a challenge? And notice I said we. Right. Because these things are lurking within us. That's why he tells us guard. This is not lurking within the believers. This is listen, lurking. Within the believers. Hmm. Interesting, huh? So you mean, yes, I'm telling you, this is not pertaining to the world because the word of God is to who? The children of God. So there's a lot of things lurking within us that are there because of our flesh to take us away from God. And yep. he's clear, guard your heart. He's trying to drag you, up, drag you away, kicking and screaming. But a lot of times we get in these places, which is idolish. Oh, not me. 
You know how long I've been serving the Lord? You know how long I've been in my church? But you don't know Jesus. And that's how you know that there's idols. You know, I was talking earlier and, you know, I have to acknowledge that there's been times and then I want you to just go in on this. But as far as us, you know, not realizing, not knowing of the things that lurk and the things that we allow to become idols in our lives. You know, I was saying today at church that even words that are spoken to us from people that we idolize. A lot of times in the church, there's idols. Pastors are idols. Yeah. A lot of times yeah. people spend no time in the word of God. The pastor preached whatever the pastor preached. That's the word of God. Even if it's not biblical. We raise these idols up because we're not taking responsibility to be in the word of God. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I was telling them today, I remember somebody came and said, you are not blah and you are not blah. I don't want to say what it is because if they hear it, they know I'm talking about them. They said, you're not this and you're not that. So I walked away thinking, then what am I? A young person in the Lord. I was confident that this is what the Lord revealed to me. Right. But they said that to me and it was an idol. Because my responsibility was to say, bruh, 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 you're not Jesus. But what happened? That for years I walked around thinking I'm not A or B because they said that. And why was it? Because I allowed them to take a place that they were not supposed to. Wow. It's like we talked about in church today. The apostle Paul, he had encounter with Jesus. He took off. For years, he just preached the word of God. And later he returned to the scene in the book of Acts. Nobody declared, nobody came, no bishop, no other apostle, nobody came to be over him to say, yeah, this is what you are. Right. He said, I am an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ called by who? By Jesus. By Jesus. But we have allowed ourselves to take up idols, to make idols of people and let them determine what God said or what God didn't say. Therefore, we're supposed to be out there preaching the word of God. We don't need a pulpit. Right. Everywhere you go, somebody needs Jesus. Yep. Like the prophecy came today. There's families, there's children, there's men, there's women broken, waiting to hear the truth of the word of God. But somebody told you, you're not to speak the word of God because you're not ready. You don't know enough. We have allowed idols in our lives that have kept us from doing the will of the father. That's all they, that's what they come to do. To keep us from doing the will of the Father. And you know what? Like, I, we want to let people know today, like, you have a responsibility to go to the feet of Jesus. He called you. He created you. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that we don't need to fellowship. I'm not saying that you don't need someone to watch over your soul. That's not what I'm saying. We do need pastors. We need the fivefold ministry. We need them. 
But it's important that we do not make these people our gods. Right. Because they're not. Nor nor can they handle that position. No, they're called to equip the body. That's it. And when they're outside of the will of the Father. Your job is to know that they're outside of the will of the Father. But if you're not in the word of God, you go down with them. Yep. I was saying to mom, you know. So many times you have these experiences, you are committing to read the word, seek the Lord out, you know, to pray, to share the gospel, so on and so forth. And a lot of times people don't, don't take you, you know, for real, but yet you have people on the pulpit that are fornicated, that have been married 35 times, that have been doing all kinds of things in the bathrooms and they're talking about it like, like it's a badge of honor. Like you as a believer need to go before the father so he can weed out what's of God and what's not of God. But because we are not spending the time that we're a lot, that we're supposed to be spending time with the father, what happens? We create these idols because we're not hearing from our God. And we're created to serve we're created to serve him. Yep. But guess what? If we don't serve him, it's going to get distorted. So I want to go back to that scripture. So put to death. Can you talk a little bit about that scripture, Mike? Well, it brings me back. I don't know if I said this earlier. or but go ahead. But it needs to be it said again. Up, um, Matthew 16, 24. Mm -mm -mm. Yes. For those who desire to come after me must deny themselves take up their cross and follow me. That's one of my favorite scriptures because it gave me the understanding that really, really nothing that I can offer or give counts as anything. And nothing. so what idols do, what idols create in our hearts, it says that we have some type of importance in the kingdom of heaven above what God says. My God. And that is, again, demonic. And that is something lurking in you and and lying to you and telling you that you are worth more than what you actually are. You're not sober minded about who you are. When, when you think any part of your worship belongs back to you or to somebody else other than the, the one who has set you free, the one who has saved you, it miscalculates or misprioritizes misprioritizes what's actually important in our hearts. And that's what idols come to do. They come to misprioritize what's actually important. So the way we deal with that is by putting all of those ideas, those thoughts and our flesh to the, to death. And how we do that, we come to the Lord and it's the thing about it is that it's so, it's so simple that we overlook it. Um, who was we listening to? Uh, J John, John, um, the, the ex-warlock, he's saying every night he goes and he repents and he asks the Lord to clean him. Why? Because the enemy of the enemy is not lurking within you. He is lurking around you and he's looking for a doorway. And so we want to make sure as we are, are out doing the work of God that we tell the Lord, cleanse our hearts, cleanse our minds, anything that's trying to attach to me, anything that's lurking, anything that's monitoring, any demonic spirit monitoring around me. We rebuke those things. And Lord, those thoughts that do not reveal your kingdom, pull those thoughts down.
Anything that tries to set itself up against the word of God, we have to be mindful to cast those thoughts down. Sure. And, and repentance is how we put to death any idol in our hearts and in our lives and in our minds. Repentance is how we do how we do it. And what is repentance? Repentance is not just like, oh, I'm sorry. Repentance is saying, I acknowledge that the Lord revealed that to me. I I'm I forgive me for doing that. Forgive me for giving my heart to that. Forgive me, forgive me for devoting any part of my heart to that. Now I'm gonna turn away and I'm gonna look to you. Turn away. Turn away and look to you. Because the Lord says, Who is he seeking after? Those who are worship him in spirit and in truth. So the moment you acknowledge anything that does not reveal the heart of God, the love of God, the the wisdom of our God, we put it to death because it it brings him no glory. It brings him no honor. And instead, what it's trying to do is steal his glory and his honor. Mm. And the Lord would not share that with anyone or anything. So anything setting up within our hearts, we have to kill that desire we have to destroy that thing lurking. We have to repent. We have to renounce and ask the Lord to fill our hearts with his word and to pour his, his love into our hearts through his Holy Spirit. Amen. And, you know, it's important that as we discuss this, that we remember that, you know, it's not just leaders <clears throat> that we idolize, but many times. And, and we began to talk about this and we left it there. We idolize spouses, parents. We idolize boyfriends and girlfriends. We idolize our school um, progress or how would you say, um, how would you say that, Leah? You know how some people do like, you know, school is everything. Academic. Mm. Wow, I would have never thought of those words. Academic validation. <laughs> she talked about that once before. So it's important that we acknowledge and recognize what are those things that want to take place in our hearts. And a lot of times uh, uh, the this goes back to um, identity. Who we are, uh, who we are identifying with. <clears throat> Are we identifying identifying with the spirit of God who God has called us to be wow. or what the world is saying? It's like um, the American way is God first, family, and then your career. Like that's the American way. But then the, the Lord makes it clear that they're close to me with their words, but far from me with their heart. So while we're saying God first and then family and then our career, what's actually happening, happening is career, family, football games, blah, 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 then God. <laughs> but we hang on our wall, God first. So wow. it, it really goes back to a to an identity as to this is who God called me to be. This is who I am going to be. Instead of allowing what the world says or who the world says I should be at any given moment. Because at the end of the day, Paul is making it clear. He's like, who who is the Lord calling? Are you some awesome people up there, high and mighty? No, you are the guy, you are the people that nobody wanted. But God is using the the foolishness of this world to confound the wisdom of this world. Wow. I'm going to give you my wisdom and I'm going to show you that I'm greater than mm. everyone and everything. 
But again, the Lord is just looking for someone to use who's just who who won't who won't compromise what he's saying and what he's doing. But just to come to him and just be just be a mouthpiece. Be just be the hands, just be the feet, just be the eyes, just be the ears, just be the knees and the calf muscle and the toes. Just be whatever he needs you to be at any given moment, not not flooding our hearts our heart with all of this other stuff, allowing things, opening doors and allowing things to lurk in there. Even if it comes to something quote unquote good, like academic validation, like she just said, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. This is what I'm trying to do. And so now it's competing with who you are in Christ and where God is bringing you and who he's calling you to be, or this is what God has said, or this is what I think he has said. So now that's competing with where God, now I can't even see the truth of what God is saying is because like what you just said, this man or, or woman of God came to you and said this. Now that idea of who you are is competing with what God has already revealed to you. Well, wow, that's, that's, that's. So serious. idolatry destroys the work and the word that God has already established in his word and in your heart. Yeah, and, and it goes back to um, what that scripture said, um, that it leads um, to our souls being enslaved all over again. That's the problem with idolatry, that it, it takes us back to what he freed us from. So it's it's really important that as, you know, we're listening to this, that we're mindful and that we... Um, you know, examine ourselves. And that's the purpose of these type of conversations, that if we want to grow, if we want to move to, you know, doing the exploits of the Lord, if we want to move to doing what he has called us to do, to walking in obedience, to walking in his plan, we have to examine ourselves. Because like, like the scripture said, there's things lurking around to take us back to where he freed us from. And there's no reason why we want to go back. Um, that scripture also says, don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. And I want to go ahead and read Ephesians 5, 5 while we're here, because it kind of talks about that again. For be sure of this, no immoral, impure, or greedy person for that one is in effect an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God for such a person places a higher value on something other than God. So another way of saying what's on your altar, it's what do you place high value over in your life? Over God. Like what is, what is high value in your life? If it's not something that the Lord is saying, then it's taking your devotion, it's taking your heart, and it's taking your focus, and God's not pleased with that. And that is that's an example of something you can say, "Oh Lord, I've I've focused on this thing more than you. I've given my heart to this thing more than you. Forgive me, forgive me, because now my identity is coming from it. Forgive me because the identity of who I think you are is coming from it. And the, and the problem is, let's say. Let's say academic validation, but since you guys brought that up. <clears throat> now I'm in school, I'm doing, I'm, I'm working, I'm working, I'm doing everything I, I'm supposed to be doing, but something doesn't pan out properly. Now, is God not who he says he is? Mm. Because we set something up in our hearts that he never actually said. And that's the problem. It confuses 
who we are. And confusion comes from the enemy. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because sometimes these are idols as well. When you said that, I thought of that. I thought of the fact that sometimes people um, <clears throat> succeed in certain things. Like you get a doctorate or a bachelor's or a master's. Now that begins to um, make you think that that's who you are. Right. That thought, that thing that you have accomplished even can become an idol. You have to become this because that's going to make you who you are. And on the other, on the flip side, people who <laughs> haven't accomplished that says, uh, you know, I can't, I can't do the work God has called me to because, because I you know, I didn't get my PhD, my play hating degree. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get my doctor. <laughs> I didn't get my doctor. I didn't get my bachelor's. I didn't go to this school. I didn't go to that school. I didn't do. Now I can't. Now I can't do live the life God has called me to. And either way. And, yeah. And on the flip side, it's like I, I got my degree so I can do the work God has called me to. And all this God, all God is saying is like, I need you to be available to me when I need you to be available to me. And that's all the time. Yeah. We have to find our identity in Christ. Right. Yep. Regardless of what we have not accomplished. And on the flip side, don't think of yourself high, more highly than you ought to, because then you become your own God. We need to find our identity in Christ, <laughs> even when we are uh, worldly accomplished. Yeah. And that 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 goes back to something you said earlier is this American dream. Right. You know, get the car, get the house, get the money, get the job. You know, my house is worth five hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. Therefore, I'm somebody. I'm, Go I'm sit down it. somewhere. I'm doing it because, you know, the the reality of it is that the more people have, the more dissatisfied they are, because the more people have. The more they think. Oh, I'm good. Yet they're still empty. Why? Because the more you have, the more you want. Exactly. So you're never satisfied. Greedy. That's where that's, that comes in. Um, the greedy person for that one is in effect an idolater. Idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. For such a person places a higher value on something other than God. So if we are greedy, everything is for me. I don't want to share I can't give you that. It shows that you're ha showing higher value for those things than God. Because God tells us, I think it was one of the scriptures I shared last week. Whatever you have, if somebody needs it, give it to them. Whatever it is that somebody needs, share with them. Yeah. Because all the blessings that we have, they came from God for us to be a blessing. If you don't want to share, you're an idolater. That thing or those things are more valuable to you than being obedient to the word of God. That's that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow because I think we've all found ourselves there. I know that I I have found myself, you know, I've taught you, I've taught you, I've taught you, and you're still not doing it. That means you ain't going to learn, man. Forget you. I ain't doing that for you no more. you just greedy. But we can't even allow those bad things that we're seeing in other people when we're doing what we're supposed to do change us from doing what God requires of us. That's not my problem. If you want to be greedy and not give to others, I still got to be a living example right. to you. Man, I don't like that. <laughs> Straight up. I don't like that. I don't like that. You give, you give, you give, you give, you give, you give. And these jokers are still cheap. Well, They want to charge you for a cup of water. 
But guess what the Lord says? Give some more. Yep. Because I gave you everything. Everything that I have, I gave you. Who are we to think about it? Man, listen, that, that's something I always have to present to the Lord because it irks my last nerve. And maybe that's an altar. Maybe that's an idol. Because why should I care how I feel? The only thing I need to be concerned about is what the Lord requires of me. Period. And let them work the rest out. That's it. That's it. So, you know, these conversations can be very challenging. Very challenging because a lot of times we don't want to acknowledge what it is. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, and I think I'm going to go through the scriptures, Mike. You can say, you know, something and... I just, well, I want to go to real quick, Jonah. You put Jonah 2.8. Yes. Um, those who regard and follow worthless idols turn away from their living source of mercy and loving kindness. Mm. Or those who worship false gods turn their backs on all, on all God's mercies. So if you are in idol worship or if you are in any type of idol worship, it's causing you to be greedy. It's causing something to be lurking. It's causing you to turn your heart and your compassion and your devotion away from God. You are in the, in risk of of not receiving God's mercy because not because God isn't merciful, but because you are turning His back. You're your turning back. your back on His mercy. And what does He say in um, Romans twelve? Before he says, you know, offer your bodies a living sacrifice, he said, in view of God's mercy. Mm. So of you to think about it, like in view, like I'm, I'm facing, I'm able to receive God's mercy. And now that I have received God's mercy, I offer my body as a living sacrifice. Now he's saying, if you are in idol worship, if you are participating in idol worship, giving your heart, your devotion to, to, a, to a false God, you are turning your back on the mercy of God and you can no longer view him. Mm. Therefore, you are in risk of never receiving what he has to offer you, which is the cross. That's why it says an idolater has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. None. Because you yourself turn your back in the process of idling is you're saying, God, I don't need you. I need this. Yeah. Wow. That's serious stuff. Right. That, to boil it down, to boil it down, it, it caught idol worship in, in any form. Idling something, someone's, it causes you to turn your back away from the living God. Mm-hmm. And therefore you, you are forfeiting his love, his kindness. And that brings me to one save, always save. How can, how? Oh, we're talking to the believers, flee from idolatry. Therefore, if you do not flee from idolatry, I, uh, being an idolater, you're, then that means you're turning away. So nothing can pluck you out of God's hand, but you can still forfeit. You can still turn away from his love and his kindness and his mercies. You can turn away from that. You can reject that. You have it in your strength and in your ability to do so. Not not so much strength, but in your ability because and the, and, we have free will. And this call is to say, <laughs> this episode is to say, turn around, turn back to him. L- like take inventory of your life, take inventory of your heart. What are you devoting your heart to, your mind to, your thoughts to? What are you devoting yourself to? Get rid of those things that do not, uh, that is not in reflect in in 
in alignment with who God has called you to be and who God is. Anything outside of Jesus, got to go. Um, 1 Samuel 15, 23, for rebellion is as serious as the sin of divination, fortune telling, and disobedience is as serious as false religion and idolatry. The rest is because wow. you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has rejected you as king. Wow. Did he just say disobedience is as serious <laughs> as false religion and idolatry? Yes. Yes. Disobedience? Yes. Sheesh. So that's why I said the rubber has, has met, met the, the road. road. Because at one time or another, we all are disobedient. Oh, my God. That is, that makes me sick that, to my that stomach. Is, that is idolatry. Yes. Why? Because disobedience is choosing you over or whatever him. that is over God. Lord Jesus, help us all. Right. Help and that, us, and, and I'm, I'm liking that is bringing the seriousness, the fear of God, the awe of God into this because we take it so lightly. Like, oh, I just, I just won't do it this time. But that is, that is basically idolatry to say, I'm just not going to do what God is telling me to do. That's idolatry of yourself. So even if we what? can get away <laughs> like what? from every other thing that we pointed out, not one of us can say we have every single moment been disobedient. Let me go deeper. I was thinking about this earlier. I, I was writing and I was writing about, you know, that incident when Jesus first came into my space. Right. Yeah. And I was thinking, you Wait, know, you I was writing. Yeah. Wow. And I was writing, you know, like, oh, you know, I remember experiencing him. And now when I hear him, I know that I hear him. And then as clearly as I said that, I heard in my spirit. But how about when you don't hear me? And I realized at the moment what he was saying was, how about when you're not being obedient? Wow. Yeah. And here it comes up again. We all, at some point or another, even when we know how to hear his voice, even when he speaks to us clearly, there will be times where we need to choose whether am I going to obey or whether I'm not going to obey. I was just saying that earlier. And let me tell you, it sounds easy. Just recently, I was in a situation where somebody was mad at me for something that was right. What I did was right. My stance was right. And I said to you, yeah. I'll take that stance over and over and over again. Why would I have to apologize? Because the word tells me if you're offended, I go and apologize. Period. But for a minute, maybe for a couple of weeks, I was like, no, because I was right. I was right. I was right. And why should I have to apologize when I was right and I will do it again? Because it's simple. I was being disobedient because the word tells me if your brother sins, you go and apologize. Jesus is some serious guy, bro. He just kills me with what he does. So you was just yeah. telling us in a form of idolatry. Yeah. So that can unforgiveness and being dis. Disobedient, Unfor unforgiveness, causing disobedience or somebody else's faltering, causing, causing you to be disobedient can also become a form of idolatry. Yes, because I care about my opinion. Here we go. That's right. I care about what I think. Right. I think that this way is the right way. Or what I feel. 
or what I feel, mm. which is which is a big thing today. Yes, because feel right, like like we were taught growing up, like what you. I don't, not that I don't care what you feel, but what you feel it has no relevance to what I'm telling you to do. Because your feelings are constantly changing. Right, like you need you need to get it together. You need to get it done. But today, feelings are a big thing. No, that's like, that's everything. Like, that's even how we sense, quote unquote, the presence of God, like based on how we feel. Mm-mm. And and it's just like your feeling does not supersede what God has already spoke. His promises, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So when people say the presence of the Lord is here, yes, he's always here. He promised to never leave you nor forsake you. The question is. Are you going to move according to what you feel or are you going to move according to the fact of the word of God? All right. And that's the thing today. And what, what he told you to do. Period. Like, so what? You didn't feel it. And it's important because these are idols that we raise up in our own lives. I feel like that's why our world is upside down. Yeah. I should respect your feelings. It's like people, they get married. Oh, I, I fell in love with him. And five minutes later, we fell out of love. So what? All right. It doesn't matter how you feel. I'm not even going to talk about the world, but just in the body. Was he unfaithful? Was she unfaithful? Figure it out because God don't make a mistake. Die to yourself. You die to yourself and y'all can figure it out. Because with God, all things are possible. But because we make our own selves in idols, I don't feel it. And that's why considering marriage, this ain't no joke. This ain't no game. Marriage to a person or committing yourself to the Lord. Marriage to the Lord is is no joke. We no, take, it's not. We take it as a joke as, you know, I, I was raised in a church. I'm a Christian because I go to church. And that's not what Christianity is. That's not what living for Christ is. That's what your idea of Christ is. But... Open the scriptures and you will see or we will see that we're serving ourselves rather than serving God. Mm-mm-mm. And that's an idol. Ourselves become the biggest idol. That's what I was just going to say. Me, 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 me. I remember my old pastor when I used to live in Chicago, Illinois out there. He used to say, Quitate el, mueve el yo. move the me out of the way. Because that me, this is for all of us. Ourselves is what keeps us from doing the will of the Father. The biggest God or idol that we have raised up or lifted up is the idol of self. Yeah. I don't like it. I felt bad. I was offended. So get unoffended. It's like I used to tell you guys all the time. You offended, then you need to die. That's facts. That's it. Because Jesus called us to die to ourselves. We no longer live, but Christ lives in us. I know that, you know, I know that I've said that and people look at us like we got three heads. But listen, at the end of the day, what we need to submit to and commit to is the word of God. Nothing else is valid. That's it. Nothing else is valid. And I know that is a challenge. Well, not in the kingdom of heaven anyway. Exactly. And the kingdom of the world either, because as a believer, I live in this world. Your opinion is not valid. I take the same attitude to work. You tell me I can't speak the word of God. Stop t- talking about your, glo- your club. Stop think- talking about how drunk you got, that you slept with this one, this one, and that one. You stop talking about that, I'll stop talking about Jesus. You talking about your gods, I'm talking about my God. You don't like it, I'll stop when you stop. 
That's what. That's how we doing this. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> but but that's that's where we at. Yeah. Like everybody, the only thing that's important is their idols and their gods. You got the wrong one, and I'm gonna call you to it. And we're living in an era where people are not transparent. No. Nope. People are pretenders. They fakes. They. The, everybody's lives nowadays is for social media. It, it feels like people don't know the difference anymore. Everything is social media. That's why I've gotten to the point. I don't even, I don't want to point. I don't want to post another thing. No, I post every day, but I hear what you're saying though. You feel, <laughs> but you feel what I'm yeah, saying? I like, know what you're like saying. you deal with people. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the world. I, I need to make that disclaimer. Somebody was, um, yesterday they were, there, there was a, a little event. And somebody was like, yo, get this on the camera. And the guy was just like, I'm taking in the moment. <laughs> like, because we we want to fight. We want to do this. But then we want to be like, cheese, click, post it. And they'd be like, oh, my goodness, I hate you. Exactly. And yeah, you're right. People don't know the difference between life and social media. And everything becomes just for show. And as believers, our lives are supposed to be reflections of Jesus. Yeah. They're supposed to be transparent. And we're supposed to reveal his love. His kindness, his mercy, his goodness, his we grace. Are, we're supposed to be witnesses. In other words, we're supposed to be the evidence that a man came to this world. He lived, he died, and then rose again and ascended to the father. Like so, so, our life is supposed to represent that. So you're saying that our lives are supposed to be the visible image of the invisible God. That, that's what our lives mm. are supposed to say. Yes, exactly. But yo, we can't do that with our idols and our opinions. No, we can't. We can't. We got to set them things to aside. We got to set all those things that we, gotta, we think are the real lots in the mirror. We got to put them in the fire. That's what yeah. we need to do. Exactly. That's what happens at the altar, by the way. Exactly. When we, when he tells us to go to the altar, present yourself a living sacrifice, what he's saying is get on the fire so that it, you can burn and all the residue can come right off. And what's left is me, Jesus. Say that, mom. <laughs> It, it, you know, that that's idol. what it is. Every yeah. Burn every idol. Every, every idol. Is it easy? Listen, at the end of the day, this is where we at. These idols are lurking, waiting for an open door to come in. Every single one of us. None of us are isolated from this. This is the reason why we need to stay at the feet of Jesus. This is the reason why we have to stay in his word. This is the reason why we have to stay around other believers that want to do the will of the Father. This is why we have to stay around other believers that are going to hold us accountable. Because let me tell you, you could be around a lot of believers, but if they're not transparent, they can't sharpen you. Right. If they fake and they're not really you know, examining themselves about that life, they can't sharpen you. So, you know, you need to get with people that are really about the word of God. And it's sad to say that it's, it's very uncommon nowadays, but I declare in the name of Jesus that he continues to raise that remnant. Yep. And we will sharpen each other and we will be the visible representation of that visible God of that invisible God. Amen. Amen. So I'm done, Mike. Go ahead. I'm, take I'm, that I'm, away. I'm done. You done. Took it away. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm done. <laughs> you done. Took it away. All right, all right, I'm done.
All right. That was that was fire. Thank you. <laughs> y'all ate. Hopefully it burns something up. Yo, I, I, I was burning something up in me. Me too. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. Every time yeah. we do one of these shows, I'm like, yo, am I even living to this standard? Oh, Lord. because I'm like, like as I'm speaking, the Lord reveals, and like right now, like when she was just speaking, I was picturing um, the the ark. Somebody said you burned me. It's like this, <laughs> like this, three, one, one and three over here. I was picturing the ark, and I was picturing the 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 cherubims, the presence of God. And then the um the sacrifice being brought and just laid at the altar and then the sprinkling of the blood and then the priest there. Like I'm picturing all of that and I'm like, that's that's what it is to lay it down. Like you becoming that sacrifice on the altar and you're just being presented. You're being presented to God. Like that's what it's that's that's what we're supposed to be. Jesus is supposed to come and just present us as dead. Mm. And then the Lord revives us because you know, of the blood of sheesh. Jesus. Like that's what that's I was, a banger. That's what I was just picturing as she was talking. I'm yeah, just like, yo, I don't know if I'm doing all of that. And when like, you're saying all that, let me tell you what I'm imagining. <laughs> like that's crazy. Disobedience equals idolatry. Like I need to go I'm repent. Dead. Lord, forgive me. Like I need to go repent. <laughs> <laughs> let me go pray after this. Facts. Actually, like no, you but, know what? Let's pray. Let's pray. Right. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to, to get us to examine ourselves, Father. And we declare and we confess, Lord, that we are placing ourselves at the altar, Father. And we declare that you burn away everything that's not like you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I declare, Lord, that we're becoming the visible image of the invisible God. Lord, that when people see us, they don't see us. They see you, Lord. So we repent. Lord, we declare right now that you're purifying us and cleaning us, Father. And we're going to be mindful of turning away yep. from those things that keep us from you. In Jesus' name, amen. And those things, Father, that you need us to renounce, that you need us to repent of specifically. I thank you, Lord, that you will reveal those things to us, Lord, yes, God. that we will speak your word over our lives and repent and renounce all of those things that are trying to lurk within our hearts, within our minds, within the, within our, with, in the things that we have seen and experienced in Jesus name. We know that you are Lord of all and we know that you are the son. We know that you have risen. We know that you have ascended and we thank you, Lord, for sending us your Holy Spirit, Lord, and pouring your love into our hearts and giving us the ability to come back to your feet in Jesus name. Amen. 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 That was wow. a good ending, guys. Good job. Amen. Amen. Uh, I think it, it really comes down to, um, like, what is the word? What did I say earlier? Like, taking inventory of yes. what you have going on and, like, really being honest with yourself. So, like, our I feel like our main goal with these episodes, I was about to say EPs, is that, like, you just think of, okay, am I doing this? Am I living the most yeah, holy yeah. life I could. Yeah. Am I living to the standard? Um, and then just continuing to just acknowledge, just be t being teachable, like we said in the essentials and all that stuff. So it's good to, it's not condemning or it's not like, we're all saying this about ourselves as yes. well, but it's just to, you know, acknowledge, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I need to change. This is, you know, like that type of stuff. Yep. Um, and just keeping your mind open to it. But that being said, we want to thank you all for joining into the TJFJ podcast. Thank God I follow Jesus, where we encourage, inspire, and challenge you to deepen your walk with Christ and anchor your faith 
in the rock, the hope of our salvation. Be sure to comment, like, subscribe, and share to a friend who may be blessed with this word. So have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday at 7 p.m. Amen. Bye.